0: Of some kind. open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4 Philippians chapter 4 we're going to start reading at verse 1 uh, this is some of my uh, Romans chapter 8 and Philippians chapter 4 two of my favorite chapters in the Bible um, not that I intentionally preached from there this morning and here this evening just for that reason but it's just where the Lord led me uh, Philippians chapter 4, give everybody just a minute to find it. Four little chapters. It's kind of a unique book, and we'll look at that in just a moment. So, still here a couple pages. I think most has probably got it. All right, Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. The Bible says, therefore, Now let me say this before we go any further, normally when we see the word there from the Bible we need to find out what it's there for and uh, we're not going to take a real hard look at that this evening but if you look back to a few verses before this, um, Paul is discussing uh, people who walked um, in a different way for they were saved. And now, verse 21, he said, Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working, whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself? Therefore, my brother, dearly beloved, and longed for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech you I know how to pronounce that, Udeus, and beseech Cynthia, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow. Help those women which labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and with other of my fellow, fellow labors whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice, all, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time together and for this day. It's the opportunity. We thank God about people throughout this world and we discuss it. How that they can't freely go to your house. And God, yet in this country, we neglect it so bad, God, and we have complete freedom. Forgive us, Lord, our nation, for our sins, for our churches. We need you this evening, God. Help me, Holy Spirit, to preach and to be encouragement this evening and draw people to you by your preached word. And Lord, we just give you the praise and the thanks for it all. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Now, many of the churches Paul started, no doubt he had an affection for. Uh, Some probably more than others, but I think this church may have been uh, his favorite. And I'm going to point some of these things out to you just in a moment. And what kind of led me to this is, in my life, I don't know about yours, but I got a feeling that most of you are probably the same place. Uh, there's areas in our life, not all the time, but there's times we have to have a heart change about certain things. We need a heart change. Uh, I'm, you know, with my heart, uh, there's things in life that trouble me, that bother me. There may be. Uh, uh, situations, there may be temptations, there may be trials, there may be troubles, and I can go on and on and on about things that we might need a heart change for, and I heard a preacher, uh, what I would call a somewhat successful pastor and preacher, uh, preaches all over the country not too long ago, make a statement. He said his most difficult thing in his life as far as being a pastor is hardness of his heart uh, towards people. Uh, having uh, strong emotions <laughs> towards people because you just you get beat down, and most of the time those would always I guess uh, kind of stem from saying you need forgiveness. But even in that, there's things in life sometimes we need a heart change for. And I was I was praying about this. I said, God, I know there's things in my life. My heart needs to change more. I need more of a heart change. I need more of you. I need to give you more control. I need to give you uh, have more faith and just more love for you. And, and I and I could just go on with all the things I was trying to say in telling God how I needed His presence, how I needed Him to do something supernatural in my heart and in my life that I could not do. Uh, there are certain things that I can't change, uh, and I'm not going to be able to change, and God probably won't change them. Uh, sometimes it's just that way and we ask God for help and a lot of the time the help we ask him for he has already given us we just don't apply it we don't do it Uh, we ask God to do things that he says I've already done that I've already given you everything you need to succeed you're just not doing it and so I felt because I was praying and I said God please give me a scripture to go along with this and and this is what he kept bringing to my mind, and I started studying and reading, and I thought, yeah, I can see that. So what what do you need your heart changed to this evening? Now, what kind of heart change do you need? And I'm gonna, with God's help, hopefully give you some things this evening that might change your heart a little bit about whatever situation it may be. But in verse one, he says, therefore, and I very briefly looked at that. Uh, he's to find out what it's there for. He says, my brethren, dearly beloved and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord. Notice again, my dearly beloved. Twice in one verse, he calls them his dearly beloved. I would say he thought something of these people. I think he had a deep love, a deep devotion for them. Let me ask you in point number one, do you root for your fellow Christians? Do you root for your fellow man? I mean, are you trying to cheer them on? Are you trying to encourage them? Do you want to see them blessed? Do you want to see And let me ask you a question. My dearly beloved and long for my joy and crown. Do you long for the sweet fellowship of God, Holy Ghost, and the sweet fellowship of your fellow Christians? Uh, The sweet fellowship of your fellow church members? Uh, Do you long for that sometimes? Excuse me, I was a little bit dry. Uh, we should. I mean, we really should have noticed. He said, "Crown like a king would wear." The way he describes this in the, the original, but it's more of a crown like he won in a race. And he said, "I have fought, I've bled, I have bled, I've I've suffered, I've sacrificed, and started all these churches to do this and that." And he's saying to these people, "You are my crown." Of all the churches he started, he said, this is my crown. You're the King Joel. You're the one I love. You're the one I cheer. You're the one that I hold dear. But let me ask you, do you root for your fellow Christians or do you sometimes relish in seeing people hurt like you? Does it bother you when someone gets blessed and you don't? Does it bother you when God does something for somebody else and he hasn't done it for you? A lot of times, We do get upset if we be honest when we see that and we experience that sometimes and don't look at me like you say preacher, hey we all have done that somewhere in life. Uh, The ministry, you hear preachers say this and it's full of truth. Uh, The ministry, most of the time most preachers are some of the most jealous people on the face of the earth because they get mad and jealous because they didn't get asked to preach at a church. They didn't get asked to preach at revival. You never talk to me about it and at times I wonder why ain't they ever called me to come and preach? Why don't they ask me to? And I've always got to check myself and say, God, help me to root for the ones that you are using and the people you have called. Not to question and get mad and grumble because I wasn't called. Most time I wouldn't have time anyway. But we we need to root for each other, church. Uh, verse two, he says, I beseech Eutychus and beseech Cynthia that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I don't know what was going on between these two women. Uh, we, we've, we don't know for sure. There were obviously two people in that church. But someone said, and I agree with this, based on everything that's been said here, excuse me, that they had some kind of disagreement and rather than Paul said, I'm, I'm not going to get in the middle of this. I'm going to tell them to get it reconciled. So number one, root for each other. Number two, you need to reconcile something. If there's ever something between you and a fellow Christian, try to get it reconciled. Try to do your part. Apologize if they don't accept it. There's nothing you can do to force someone to forgive you or accept your apology. But you do your little best to root for them and to be reconciled in your heart to God that you've done what you can do to see to it that there's no ill between you and someone else saved or lost. Make sure you get things reconciled. Notice what he said. He said, I beg you, I beseech you, which means I beg you. And he called them both by name and said that that they'd be the same mind in the Lord. If we're the same mind in the Lord, pretty good chance you ain't going to have no ill between you. Because you can't be the same mind in the Lord and still hold grudges against someone. It won't work. Both of them don't fit. And let me say something. You know a pretty good test on whether or not somebody's done something to you and how you feel about somebody, whether it's reconciled in your heart or not, whether you've had a heart change with it, does their name Bring a little stab to your heart? Or do you think good when you hear their name? That's a pretty good test right there. When you see them, do you rejoice and say glory to God? Let me try to be an encouragement to them. Or do you go, "Mm." let me try to find a way to walk away before they see me. Are you reconciled? You know, Paul could have easily laid out what was wrong between these two women, probably talked to enough people, quite certain Holy Ghost would have given him some insight and said, here's what's wrong, but he said, just tell them I said to be of like mind. You know, the Bible, and I don't know why I'm going into this, the Bible talks about getting into someone's matters that you don't have any part of like taking a dog by the ears. I've never taken a dog by the ears and I don't really think I want to because I'll probably get eaten alive. When's the last time you've had to really get out and pray about somebody you had hard feelings for? When's the last time you've been willing to? Because if truth be told, most of us have somebody we need a hard feelings for. We need to be reconciled. Let me ask you, are you rooting for your feelings? pray for people to have their needs and their prayers answered in this church like you do your own I'm going to say this real quickly and I'll move on and I understand this I know there's reality in this state but I get it but most of the time I think it's safe to say none of us would pray for someone else's child or parent like we would our own how much do we really pray for each other's children and parents and families and loved ones and each other in this church Do we really get down and pray for it? Or do we just say, Lord, bless them and move on and spend 10 minutes on our family? You need a heart change this evening. We all do. He says in verse 3 He says, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, fellow labor, fellow help. Help those women which labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and with other of my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Notice he didn't say who's in the church role. said <laughs> in the book of life. Number three, do you relish your fellow Christians? We've already kind of talked about this, but we're gonna hit it just a little bit more here and move on. So number one, we need to root for each other. Number two, we need to be reconciled in our hearts as much as we can we need to be reconciled to those around us. But number three, do you relish each other? Do you relish your favorite fellow laborers? I noticed this morning uh, in the bulletin was that uh, orange piece of paper about all the things, all the roles and jobs that need to be fulfilled in this church that people need to do and take part in. And we put our slogan, what does God expect of me in 2023? And I gotta be honest with you, there wasn't anybody that went out the door and said, preacher, let me do this job. I better move on, but do we relish the Lord? That's what matters. Let me me give you something to think about. I'm just going to. I may bring my Bible and just stay on here. The reason that their names, this woman's name is pointed out, I don't know who Clement was. We don't know much about her. There was a Clement mentioned in Romans that helped start churches and do things. Very well known. We don't know if it's the same Clement or not because I read that it was a very common name back in Romans. Much like uh, Cindy for women. I know a lot of Cindy's. I don't know very many Morgans. Although I've seen a couple on monuments. But anyway, (laughs) but... If you look as many monuments I have, you see a lot of names, I'll tell you that. I worked with a guy's name was Garland. I found a Garland on one. But um, but we, we, it can be a lot of common names, but here, this particular lady is mentioned and said, I entreat thee also true yoke, fellow. Let me ask you all a question. Would Jesus say that about you? Who do you think inspiring Paul to write this? Yeah, awesome. hey, this is not his idea, folks. Human writers are nothing more than typewriters of what God, Holy Spirit, was leading them to write. He says, Help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. We need to have a relishing attitude towards our fellow Christians, not jealousy, not anger, not frustration. As a pastor, sometimes it's hard not to be frustrated about things, but then i got to look at the mirror and say, but God, am I doing my part? Am I doing my role? Am I doing enough? Am I going the extra mile? I can't ask you all to do it and me not do it. I can't ask you all to pray and me not pray. We all have to be fellow laborers, and we all should embrace that and try to be a laborer for the Lord instead of worrying so much about what somebody else is doing, not doing. What are you doing? And I'll tell you, folks, and, and it's as easy to, uh, to do and hard not to do, but try not to always look at the results because you're not going to always get the results here. You're still taking the test. As we heard the story, and I've read it and heard it different times about the old missionary that came home, and, and there was a big hoopla made about the president. And people lined up and everywhere else. Nobody was there to greet him, and God told him, he said, you're not home yet, son. Your party's not happened. So relish sometimes the things of God each other what God has given you to do. Number 4, he says rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. And here's the meat of the message. Let me read that again. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Now this is twice Paul repeated something. So one you tell, I, I, you know, to root for each other. You need, to, you need to try and inspire each other, encourage each other too. You need to uh, be reconciled in your heart. You know, heart change sometimes. Three, we need to re- uh, uh, we need to relish uh, each other and what God has given us. But four, we need to rejoice in the Lord always. Amen. Notice he told him in verse one, he, he calls him uh, his dearly beloved twice, and here, to rejoice in the Lord always. Let me ask you something. How often do we rejoice versus how often do we murmur? And I've been on this lately because God's been on me with it. And if God's on me with it, then guess who gets to enjoy the ride with me? How often do we really rejoice? I've said this before. and I don't remember which parent or grandparent told me that... So much of the time we gripe and complain. The Bible is very clear that God is not pleased with that. But if you want to get God's presence, you want to get in His presence and get Him in your presence, you start praising Him. You start thanking Him. You lift up your hand every now and then. When's the last time you've been going down the road listening to I hope gospel music most of the time anyway and start praying and singing melody to your heart to the Lord's and God getting a car with you and you raise your hand. You don't worry about what someone beside of you thinks. You say, let them think what they want. Let them think I'm crazy. I want to be, If I'm going to be nuts, I'm going to be nuts for Jesus. Hey, hey when's the last time you really rejoice just in the Lord? Just the fact that He's God and you're His and he's yours, and one day we're all going to go home to be with Jesus forever. When's the last time you rejoiced that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life? The 70 went out. Jesus gave him power to tread upon serpents and cast out demons. Could you imagine that, what that would have been like? I mean, you see someone demon possessed, there's no question about it, and you cast that demon out, people are sick, you heal them, and people come around and watch this. Boy, you've been made at 6 o'clock nook and all these things but yet you come back and, and you're amazed at what the power you had to do and Jesus said oh boys that's nothing rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life if, we're, if you're born again this evening you have to. brother Scott you really in heaven there won't be no forwards amen, amen. But I got bad news. Life will be so much different when we get to glory. I've got something to rejoice about. Sometimes life is tough here, it's not easy, it's not fun. But thank God I've got something to rejoice about. You need a heart change? Start rejoicing. Because if your mind's on rejoicing Jesus, it ain't got time to think about all the things that's wrong in your life. You ain't got to, the temptations that come, the ill thoughts, the murmuring, the complaining, the upset, the, the heartache, the pain, the hard heart against someone. It won't be able to fit in the same place because you're too busy rejoicing in the Lord Has your rejoicing ever taken over when God needs you to listen? You need to listen from God. Are you rejoicing? You need a heart change this evening. Start rejoicing. Start praising him. And here's notice what else it says. He says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. In other words, your assurance. Moderation means uh, your peace and your patience. When's the last time, uh, where's Jimmy when I need him? Uh, preaching on patience. Uh, when's the last time that your patience has been tested somewhat and all you can do is say, God, thank you. I'm starting to practice more and more. You can ask my son. Uh, he gets on me every now and then. Uh, when someone pulls out in front of me and drive real slow, I said, I don't care if they pull out in front of me as long as they go warm well, and don't pull out in front of me and stop. Right. But sometimes I got to say, God, what'd you just save me from? A few years ago, Amber and I was driving not very far. We was not very far from our house. It's a couple miles and there's a section of road you go around a the curve there's a guard rail on that side and it's a big hill and I saw a deer a buck coming up over the guard rail and jumped and I knew the timing was not going to be good and instead of hitting the brakes I should have gassed it but your first instinct is brake sometimes we got to stop and hit gas instead of brake but this deer hit the side of her car And his antlers hit the window where I was sitting. And I was so scared he was going to come in that window and those antlers, I mean, stabbed me through the neck. You say, that ain't, uh, folks, those things do happen. And he dented the back of that car. That poor old Highlander, it's got all kinds of dents and scrapes and we ain't put a one of them on it. But the back door, being it some in the back fender, fender, fender. And I looked and he kind of rolled her the top of the whole car and landed on the other side and took off running. In a matter of seconds, three seconds, my life could have been changed forever. I wonder sometimes when someone pulls out in front of us, the light takes extra long. Somebody's driving slow. Whatever the case may be, God didn't just save you from something. I come up on a I'm, and I'll say this and I'll move on I came up on a, a work zone one time the guy standing there holding the flag I could see the other end there was nobody on the other end nobody behind me when I finally came to a complete dead stop he flipped it <laughs> I'm quite certain that wasn't coincidence I wanted to roll the window down and hit him with a, hit him with a glass bottle or something <laughs> you know, just, I just looked at him and laughed and shook my head and went on he never expressionless. Even something like that, God might have a reason for. Do you rejoice in the things that sometimes don't seem very convenient? That's not very fun? Is there things you need a heart change for? He said, Make the known to all men. The Lord is at hand. He's right there. He's right there by your side. He's available at all times. All you've got to do is give him thanks and praise and trust in him. Quit griping and murmuring and complaining and, and throwing a fit about everything and everybody because somebody else got blessed and you didn't. I bet that pleases him, don't it? Well, Lord, I tell you what, you bless them, why don't you bless me like that? I bet that's a good way to get favor with God. I'm sure he'll listen to your prayers after that. Verse six, he says, "Be careful for nothing. Quit pour up over things that don't matter. That's not going to happen most of the time anyway. Quit letting it eat at you. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The word supplication there means need. So we have needs. There's no question. He said, "But be careful for nothing. In other words, calm down a little bit. It's going to be all right." but in everything, nothing out. With thanksgiving, there it is again. we may made known unto God. So number, whatever we're on, four or five Request: Are you making requests to God or are you making complaints to God? Because he said with thanksgiving. So if we back up a couple verses, he said, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. He had to repeat it because he knew we're hard headed. Yeah. And here he's telling the people, he sent the Philippian church and us. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your needs be known and let your request be made known unto the Lord. A request is something you're asking God to do. And there's times that you may ask God to do something. He'll give you an answer. He'll give you the instructions on how to accomplish this or how your heart can be changed. The situation may not change, but your heart sure can. And you can rest at night. I'd much rather have a clear heart and a clear mind to sleep and let the world burn down. But if God's in my corner, let it burn. It don't matter. He knows about it. He's not taken by surprise. You're your request be made known unto God or your complaints be made known unto God. If you're complaining, you're not rejoicing. And sometimes we complain about ourselves to God. I'm not saying don't talk to him about everything you should, but too much of the time we don't spend time rejoicing. He's given us all kinds of examples right here where he was rejoicing for people and rejoicing for them and rejoicing for God. Are we doing that? We need a heart change because we don't do it. If we were too busy praising, we wouldn't be busy, have time for everything else that bothers us and upsets us. Notice verse seven. Verse seven. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, whatever number this is, rest. You need to root for your fellow Christians. You need to relish. You need to be reconciled to your fellow Christians. You need to relish with your fellow Christians. You need to rejoice with your fellow Christians. You need to make your request to be known unto God and you need the rest of God. And you'll get it if you do these things. He just gave us a formula how to get it. Now if you remember at the beginning, I said a lot of times I'll ask God to do something. and He will say, I've given you the answer and we don't do it. If you want the peace of God in your heart and in your life, He just told you how to get it. So there's no use to go home and say, "God, I need peace when He told you how to get it. Amen. We need to practice and do what He's told us to do. Will it work the first time? Sometimes it don't. Will it work the second day? Sometimes it don't. But I'll guarantee you if you keep doing it somewhere along the line soon, it will work. The presence of God will come on and see He'll fill your heart and you feel like you're going to explode sometimes but you must do what the Bible says and trust in the Word of God. He says, and the peace of God which passes all understanding. There's sometimes some times in life I've not understood some things God's done in my and I've not understood the presence that He's given me to me. He's giving me about things. But sometimes I come to the point, I say, God, I don't need to understand it. I just need to trust you. I don't need answers the way I need them. I need to trust you. Lord, here's my request. Here's what I'm asking. But Lord, I, what I really want to know is what do you want me to do and what do I need to feel about this? Where am I at in this? What are you trying to teach me? What is my part? And let your request be made known that way and ask Him to help you. Then start praising Him for being there for you. You can always thank Him for that. It didn't say through the things that you like. It didn't say through the things of the world. It didn't say through hard feelings, through griping, complaining. It didn't even say through the things you requested. Only Christ Jesus. Why does it say that? Because it's only because of him we can have peace with God and peace in our hearts. No other way. Nothing else will work. Nobody else will work. Let me ask you, You need a heart change tonight about something. Is there something that's at you? Something that's bothering you? Is there something God's done or hasn't done that bothers you? I don't mean today. I mean bothers you, you struggle with. That someone's done to you that you still struggle with. Is there something that uh, somewhere in life there's a temptation, there's a sin, there's a trial, there's a trouble, Something that you just can't get through. Do you need a heart change tonight? According to what I just told you, there's a way to get it. Now, that doesn't mean the situation will change. That doesn't mean the problem's going to go away. Let me say this real quickly, and I know I mentioned this a lot. Please forgive me if you get tired of hearing it. Uh, pray that God will give me something else to say. But I would love to see little Lily healed. I would. I'd love to see that child sleep at night. That's one of my biggest prayers right now. I've said, God, if, you, if she never says a word, just please let her sleep. Let her, rest. let her mind rest. And I don't know why God hasn't done that. I've done everything I know to do, I, th- I hope. I have. God may never touch that child on this earth. And if he doesn't, we need a heart change. We need to say, God, I don't know why, but I trust you. And give, the, give those two parents wisdom to know how to handle this and deal with this. Touch their mind, touch their hearts. I'm asking you to pray, I'm asking you to heal that little girl, but if you don't, Touch their hearts and their minds. I pray for a single mother in this church trying to raise three girls. Say, God, reach those three girls. Protect them. Let the right people come in their life. Let the right person come in her life. Protect them. Give her wisdom. Touch those girls' hearts. They need you. There's things that I asked for for people in this church. I pray that God healed you and Zach. Lord, we need people. We need people. The workers we got in this church, the last thing we needed to do is go down. We just showed you a list of about 15 things that we need help with. Lord, help people. But I always want to say, God, no matter what you do or don't do, I'm going to rejoice in you. I'm going to rejoice for what you've done. I'm going to rejoice for hearing me. I pray for my dear aunt. I say, God, send the right things in her life, her kids, her grandkids. They need the power of God in their life. And we got a child right now that needs that's getting the power of the parent in its life. It's okay. She'll be okay. Let me, let me say, are you trying to let God give you a heart change or are you letting God give you a heart change? What do you mean, preacher? If you're trying, that means you're doing it on your power and that won't work. You have to submit to God and say, God, I'm broken, I'm defiled, and I'm not perfect like I think I am and I need you to help me. Help me to understand what this says. Help me, Holy Spirit, to bring it back to my mind at the right times because I want the peace of God to pass us all understanding to keep my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. The one thing the devil is after is that right there, is your mind. Because if he gets in your mind, the next place he goes is in your heart because what starts here ends there and that is where you don't sleep at night it starts here your mind racing then your emotions start getting tore up and start getting affected and there's no peace there but there sure is a lot of turmoil let me ask
1: you. tell you what
0: we'll do we'll do things a little bit differently you can go ahead and turn that off if you need to pray tonight at home or whoever's watching this wherever you are I invite you to pray Ask God to help you. I don't know who's here